Welcome back to the Men You're Not Alone podcast. This is episode 89. This is a message to Christian men who are sitting on the fence, and even, it doesn't matter, just good men who are sitting on the fence. And this is, I am lecturing myself here as much as I am encouraging anybody else. As I rolled back into teaching, I had taught for many years. Led, I've just led a lot of things in our, our church over the time and in the community that I live in. And I've I've done that throughout much of my life is lead things, different Bible studies, um, some of them related to churches, some of them just stuff I led in the community, things like that, that trying to make a difference in my community in a positive way. As I've rolled back into teaching, I have noticed in myself, and this is not something foreign to me, but I have noticed in myself this fear of pushing into the uncomfortable. And the ironic thing for me is, or the curious thing for me is, that I have taught stuff throughout a lot of my life since I was very young. As I took back to teaching a couple months ago to teach fifth and sixth grade boys at our, our church, I knew I needed to do it, not just for the boys, but for me. Because I don't want to see boys just go wandering astray and and a church not being there to help foster good choices in young men so that later we don't have to deal with them as adult men making bad decisions. And to the effect that I can impact that in a positive way, that is my intention in teaching them and teaching them to think. So I've noticed that every week as I start approaching the latter part of the week, my typical process is I download the material that is the lesson for that week. And then I'll spend a couple of hours going over it. I don't just print it and run into the class and and teach that. I pour over it quite a bit. I do have a background in a lot of biblical study. So I don't just teach somebody else's material without examining it very closely and making sure that it's accurate. And a lot of times it's not. It is I don't think it's anything with ill intent. I think it's just a, a certain level of ignorance about the Bible because not a lot of people are bothering to be trained in uh, running the gauntlet of some pretty hard study of the Bible. It's a big book. It's got big concepts in it. And it is, you can't just extract a little tiny snippet usually. There is context for everything just as there is in in life. And this week was certainly no different than I have been running into. By the time I got to Thursday, I'm exceedingly exhausted right now. My workload has been enormous. And as I got to Friday, I rolled in really late. I had one house that went entirely sideways on me because a lot of people let me down. And so I stayed late to make sure that the house was finished and acceptable and satisfying to the person who bought it. And so Friday night, I was exhausted. I fell asleep the minute I sat down after I got home. And I slept until about 10.30 on Saturday morning. So that that is the impact of stress on me. It it tends to take a pretty hefty toll on my, my physical body. So yesterday morning, I, I printed out my material to teach and sat down to study it. But I noticed I didn't want to. In fact, I didn't even want to go teach. And I've struggled with this with with each week now. And I just pushed through it because I know it's nonsense. I know it's a deception. And I spent about two or two and a half hours yesterday digging through the material and looking at it. I edited a fair amount of it because it was it was inaccurate, not in a devastating way, but I don't like to misre- misrepresent 
what a, the biblical texts say, or any other text for that matter. I don't like to misrepresent what people say either. I try to be as accurate as I can with the information that I have at my disposal and the, the education that I have at my disposal. So as I printed off the material, I went through it. By the time I got to this morning, it's almost like a level of dread that I, I had to go teach. And this is the, the most curious thing to me is I love teaching. And I especially love teaching children, especially like young men. I really do enjoy teaching, and I like encouraging people to think, to think for themselves, to develop critical thinking skills, to learn discernment so that they can travel their own road. It's not my goal to make somebody a carbon copy of me because I, am, I, I don't have the answers to, to most everything. As I left the house this morning and I went to the church to teach, even walking into the church and walking up to the classroom where my class is, I, I walked into the room, even just dreading the boys coming to the class. You don't know me, but I have a genuine passion for kids. And I have for decades and decades. That I think that kids are just absolutely wonderful. And they have their moments just like adults do. But I think kids are awesome. I sat down in that room and it was all empty because I get there early. And I just stopped and I prayed. And I said, you know, God, I know that this is not from you. I know that once I start teaching, once the boys get in and I start teaching, the energy level in this room just picks up. I teach the Bible unfiltered because I know that people are hungry for it. And churches have been really bad about protecting people from the Bible over the, over the last, at least the last decade, probably the last two decades, um, in, a con, like in a really uh, strong sense of the word, protecting people from the Bible. And that makes the Bible exceedingly boring. It's uninteresting. And and honestly, it's hard to apply the wisdom from the Bible when it is, when people are being protected from it. It's when you only give people part of the story and you don't let the Bible say what it is, people are not drawn to it. And that's one of the things that, that Jesus kind of cut to the chase with was, uh, you know, so much of, of the church leadership had gotten lost in the rules instead of the loving and getting out and just seeing people. It wasn't about a process. It wasn't about a system. It was about relationships with people. And that's what Jesus sort of reset when he came. Well, I'm sitting in the class praying, and then um, a few minutes later, the, the boys are st- all start piling in. Well, the class is growing, which is fantastic. So the boys are bringing friends of theirs. And every week, pretty consistently, there's another boy or two that has been brought in from like somebody's brought a friend. And I do tend to teach in a little bit different way. We are probably one of the loudest classes in the entire building. And I don't try to I don't try to make that go away. I know that sixth, fifth and sixth grade boys, they have a lot of testosterone rolling through their body. They're they're hyper. I want them to come in. I don't want to take the life from them. I want them to be able to harness the life in them and use it for good purposes. As I got done and all the, all the boys, uh, eventually they trickle out of the room and they go down and, and, and go find their parents, stuff like that. I started reflecting on how much of a dread it was for me to walk into that classroom this morning to do something that I love to do to a group of people that I have a sincere love for, especially the longer I'm working with boys and men, the deeper my love grows for them and the, the, the greater my heart breaks for boys and men who are going through storms and who are trying to grow up and function in a healthy way in our broken culture here in the United States. And that is something that is near and dear to me. So I do want to make as big of an impact in that as I can. As I sat through church this morning, I 
kind of wandered off a little bit thinking about pushing into the uncomfortable. And if I didn't push into the uncomfortable, I wouldn't be doing something that I love to do. And when I get done teaching, I have more energy than when I started. And so that always assures me that I am doing something that God put a passion in me for. As I looked across the array of men in my world, I have watched in the last three years since the whole CV nonsense took place that men have, and I'm not, I don't know, maybe women have done this too, but I have definitely noticed it in men that men are not pushing into the uncomfortable and things that were not uncomfortable, they were previously uncomfortable before the whole CV scam took place, the fear scam. Men are now viewing things as uncomfortable that three years ago were entirely comfortable to them, like teaching kids or standing up when you got some jack wagon in public that's mistreating somebody or something. And I'm not saying that all men have bowed down and they don't want to push into the uncomfortable, but it is a significant, it's a noticeable portion of men in my circle of stout men who uh, largely find reasons why they can't push into the uncomfortable. And it would be easy for me to do that if I wanted to. Like I, this morning I could have just said, Hey, look, I, I don't want to teach this morning because at the moment, it's uncomfortable for me. But I also realize that as I run into that, it's something that God gave me a passion for. So how is it uncomfortable? If it's uncomfortable, I would argue that that is, that is a spiritual deception coming out of the underworld to try to keep me from doing that. Boys, I only teach boys, I don't teach girls, so I can only speak to the boys. They are fascinated with the Bible. And, and since I don't filter it, they get to hear all of the really cool stuff that takes place in the Bible, the weird things that take place in the Bible, the the things that are that, that modern churches like to just skim past. I don't skim past any of that. And if and if the material I'm supposed to teach was in fact written by somebody who was ignorant of the Bible with good intentions but ignorant, I correct that. I do not bypass passages. I do not filter the material out. I teach, I let the Bible say what it says. And I've done that whether I'm teaching adults or youth or like elementary age kids. And so if you are a man, which odds are really high if you're listening to this, if you are a man who is making excuses why you have to stay in the comfort zone, let me pose it to you this way. Back up four years ago in your life. How is it different than it is now? And look at what you would deem as comfortable versus uncomfortable four years ago, and now? Do you find yourself being in your house all the time? Do you find yourself not going out to break ice with your neighbors? Do you find yourself not instigating people getting together? Did you used to have people in your house to have them over for dinner or lunch or conversation or a cup of coffee? And have you ceased doing that? Did you find yourself more social at the grocery store or the hardware store or wherever the gas station? As you're out and about, did you find yourself being more social four years ago than you do now? If you do, you look across your life and you see if there's a change. I have noticed one in mine and I have to battle against it. And I do notice it in a lot of men. And now they are reclused. They spend way too much time in their house and at their house. These are men who used to, they used to punch into, like locally, our culture here barge into people's lives and just strike up conversation with them and do random stuff like when they bump into somebody that's at the end of their rope to stop and pray for them. 
And if you've ever been at the end of your rope, when somebody offers to pray for you, that doesn't sound crazy when you're at the end of the rope. It doesn't sound offensive. There is something loving about that, that somebody's actually taking the time, somebody you don't know, has a genuine interest in how you're doing or your well-being. So, man, as you are sitting at your houses, maybe you are lost in video games, you find yourself burying yourself with distractions like maybe football or, or sports in general, maybe you are plowing your time into things that are not beneficial. I have noticed a lot more men doing things that are meaningless. There are ways to waste time, which occasionally is a good thing because you do need a way to brainlessly just unplug and do something mindless. But if that has become your lifestyle, if that has become your daily routine to be unplugged and feeling like your sphere of comfort is exceedingly small, exceedingly smaller than it was three or four years ago, you need to check yourself. You need to ask yourself, has this happened in my life? And are you now afraid to push into the uncomfortable? Have you been conditioned to not push into the uncomfortable? And if you have, I'm telling you, the world needs you. And I'll speak for the United States. We need you. We need you to get out of that little artificial bubble that you were conditioned to crawl into, that little shell, whether it might be you and your wife. It might be you and your wife and your kids. Maybe you're all kind of shut-ins now. And maybe you took a job where you work at home and basically you never leave home except to go get gas once every two weeks because you don't go anywhere. Uh, Run to get a few groceries. And then when you go to the grocery store, you just ice down, complete the mission, get home with as little contact as possible. Especially if you are a man who professes to follow Christ or you are seeking to follow Jesus, you need to not be afraid to push into the uncomfortable. You need to do it. It is critical to our culture that men start pushing back into the uncomfortable. It's the only way to undo the conditioning of people kind of cloistering up in their houses. I mean, I used to always have people over at my house we would do taco parties That's because I it's the easiest thing I can make when I need to feed a lot of people. But even my front porch often had men sitting on it. I would always have coffee on. And I've noticed now, like, I don't even know how to bait men over to my house. I can't get them to come over if I threw cooked bacon on the table and maybe offered a, a, a raffle or a, a party gift with some tacos and some coffee. Even now, that is that has moved into outside of somebody's comfort zone. And that's alarming to me for men because that's not the men I know. And if you have become that way, I'm not being critical of you. I'm just saying I have watched it trying to push into my own life. And I have to sh- push back against that. And I have to push into it. I don't like, have, I don't yield to it. I push into it. And if you have been checked out of, of what you are good at doing, and engaging people in the culture, or whatever it might be, because you want to stay shut in, it's time to check yourself. Because we need you out here mixing and mingling with people, making a difference, breaking the ice, helping rebuild a culture, a sense of neighborliness, and everything that goes with building a sense of community. And it doesn't have to all center around Jesus, but Jesus would not have sat in a little bitty bubble. I mean, if you if you've ever read the Gospels, you know that Jesus was continually, he never stopped. Every 
interaction he had, he was pushing into what a lot of people would consider uncomfortable. He is he was continually doing that. He was not saying, I just need to stay at the house for two weeks and not go out and just be a hermit. Like that isn't what Jesus called us to be as men. He called us to go out and make disciples. Tell people about him. Encourage people. Love our neighbors, ourselves. Love God with everything we are. If you're just housebound or you're not engaging your community, you're not doing that. And so please examine your world and see if you have checked out. If you have, find something that makes you uncomfortable, something that didn't used to make you uncomfortable. Push into that and do it again. Okay, and especially if it involves building community or contributing to community in your community, push into that because it will start encouraging other men around you and it will start encouraging the people around you that we can we can become the way we were before the conditioning of the fear campaign that was the CV scam. All right, I will leave it at that. I'll catch you on the next one.